How many of you are thankful for coronavirus? <laughs> and you may say, like, Pastor, what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I'm socially deprived. We can't have church. School's closed. Work is closed. My work is cut short. I, I lost my job. I'm laid off. I don't know what to do. I don't have paycheck for next week, next month. I don't know what's going on. What are you talking about? Thankful for coronavirus? Yes. Um, that sounds crazy. That sounds paradoxical. But um, during our prayer morning devotion this week, we started this week, and someone, somebody mentioned it, and um, I agree with him. So I want to share something about what coronavirus means in our uh, view today. Coronavirus, as of yesterday, um, has affected, or there are 600,000 cases in the world, and 27,000 people died, and 130,000 people recovered. In the United States, as we are the leading country with the most number of cases now, uh, there are 104,000 cases, and 1,700 people died, and 2,500 people recovered. So this is a big deal, and there are a lot of people that are getting affected by this. Uh, people lost jobs, school closed, people get scared and confused. But let me ask you this. Do you believe that God is in control of everything? Yes. Yes. Psalm 24 one says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and the world, and all who live in it. Yes, that means that everything happens in this heaven and earth, that it is subject to God's commands. That's what it means. And Matthew, 20, Matthew 10, 29 says, Not even a single sparrow will fall without, apart from the will of your Father. So that means nothing happens in this world without God sanctioning it. Right? You agree? Yes. And in Job 1 and chapter 2, we know that story of how Job is tested, and God gives permission to Satan, and Satan goes and tests Job. And that's how things happen. So that means everything happens only when God allows this to happen. Right? So, um, well, we don't need to get confused. Uh, God does not bring calamities on us. It is Satan who does it. But Satan can manipulate people's hearts. And he can control people to, to, um, to invent things, to make things that are harmful for the environment. Or to be evil, to be selfish, to, to be destructive, and so on and so forth. But in the end, God is still in control. Remember the story of uh, Revelation chapter 7, where angels are holding the four winds of the four corners of the earth? And God sends another angel, says that, do not let the winds blow until I seal people, God's people, until the end, so that the winds will not blow on the trees and the seal, uh, God's people will be sealed on their forehead uh, for the servant of God. So we know that God is in control and nothing will happen without God allowing it to happen. So then, if God is in control, why does this happen? Why did this happen? So my sermon title today is called, If My People, If My People Pray. So God has his chosen people. God created people, 
and he had his chosen people, right? But why was there a flood to destroy the whole world? Why was there, why were God's people captured in, in bondage in Egypt for 400 years? Why were they captured in Babylon for 70 years? Why did they have to go around in the wilderness for 40 years? Why? What about the story of judges, that God will raise a judge and he will, del he will deliver God's people, but then they forget about God and they, they go into idolatry, so then they are captured into another country as, as a slave, and God will raise another judge and go back and forth, back and forth. Why that history? Why that happened? If you read the story of the Bible, there are many times that God's people go through suffering and God's people um, abandoned. What about three and a half years of famine in the time of Elijah? What about, what about um, the captivity in Babylon? And all those things happened because of a reason. Even though they were God's chosen people, those things happened. And every time that happened, God's name is mocked and his people suffered his city destroyed and it was just a disaster but those things got allowed why first chronicles chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 if i shut up heaven that there is no rain or if i command the locusts to devour the land or if i send pestilence among my people if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. This is what God tells Solomon after the dedication of the temple. But we need to pay attention to the verse here. It says, If I shut up heaven... No rain. Did that happen in the history of Israel? Yes. There was no rain for three and a half years. And people perished. A lot of people suffered because of that. If that happens, or if there are locusts devouring the land. If you read the Bible, that happened a lot of times, like in, in the ten plagues in Egypt. One of them. But there are other times that happened too. What about uh, if I send pestilence? among my people, and God's people suffered, and a lot of people died because of that. When that happens, what are we to do? Bible says, if my people pray, if my people humble themselves, turn their face, and seek my, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear and forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. This means that God's people who are called by his name were not praying. Is that true? This means that God's people who are called by, by his name did not humble themselves. This means that God's people who are called by names, the Israelites, did not see God's face. This means that they were walking in the wicked ways. Is that true in our day today in this world? That is true. But as a matter of fact, is that true in our lives? Is that what's happening in our lives, in our families? It took the whole nation of Israel 70 years in, in Babylon 
before they could turn back to God and, and Jerusalem rebuilt. It took Israelites 400 years in slavery in Egypt, in pain and in agony, to convert to God. It took Israelites to wander around for 40 years before they could go and enter into the promised land. Actually, it, is, it was their choice. They could have gone in without wasting 40 years. But because they didn't listen, because they refused to go in, and they, God had to say, you know what? I, you have to wander around for 40 years. And your generation will die off in the wilderness. And your children will go in. Friends, it is our call. Whether we choose to listen to God and be saved in our generation, or God will say, you know what? Maybe your generation is not ready. Maybe you are not ready. We have to wait for the next generation so that I can save them. It is up to us. It is up to us. Will we wander around in the wilderness for the next generation, or will we enter into uh, the promised land now? There was a Facebook post that I wanted to show you. Um, it, it read something like this, if you can show it. It says, no movies, no concerts, no sporting events, no restaurant, no social gathering, limited workload, except for the healthcare providers. They have a lot more workload. But now I have cleared your schedule. Can we talk now? <laughs> that's what God says. <laughs> this is kind of funny, but that's, that's, there's truth in it. You know, there's truth. Uh, so, if God is giving us this chance to pray, if God is giving us this chance, if God is removing obstacles from our ways so we can focus on God, even though we may have uh, less work, we may stop going to school, or even though we get scared, alarmed, or some people get sick, some people may, get, may lose their lives, even though that is the case, if God is giving us this chance to pray, what are we to do? We have to turn our face to God and we have to pray, like the Bible verse says. Friends, what if this is our last chance God is giving us before we go to heaven, before his coming? Uh, this week, my kids and I, my family, we had a great time of question and answer. They asked questions like, um, so dad, how can I accept Jesus in my heart? What does it mean to be forgiven? And what if God forgives me, but if I sin again, what do I do? They had those questions. They're young. They're 12 and 9. But still, I was able to explain that to my kids, and they understood those questions. And we had a great time talking about what it will be like in heaven. When we go to heaven, what it will be like. And what about if I don't find my friends or, or my teachers or my church family? What if I don't see them in heaven? What am I going to do? And what if I see some people that I didn't expect to see them? What am I going to do? So we had a great time talking about these deep questions. So we took this opportunity to have that conversation. And I'm thankful to God in a way that God is using, giving us this chance so that we can talk about these deep things in life. Maybe, maybe God is giving us this chance, another chance before the close of probation. You know, before this time, before coronavirus, a lot of things happened, like alarming calls, like earthquakes, 
fire that happened or natural disasters, tsunamis. And yes, we read about it. We, we were terrible to watch those things. Yes, we've seen on, on news, on, on videos, on YouTube, how those things happen. Did you see the wildfire that happened in, in Australia that was going for months and months? A lot of wild animals got killed. <coughs> homes destroyed. People lost their homes and they ran away and they were escaping. Did you see that? Yes. But that was happening in Australia. Did that affect you and my life? No. What about the wildfire that happened in other places or, or uh, tornadoes that happened? And other things that happened in other parts of the world or other parts of the United States? That didn't affect me, so it, it was okay, right? For other people, yes, just parts of the world. What about coronavirus? It is happening in the global scale. The whole world is affected. Two weeks ago, who knew that the school would be closing? Two weeks ago, who knew that we would have no church? Two weeks ago, who knew that we would, we would be fighting for toilet paper and hand sanitizer? Nobody knew that. Who knew that the house will pass $2 trillion coronavirus package? Who knew that that would happen? But the president just signed the, the document. Like, was it yesterday or two days ago? It just happened. Nobody knew that will happen. But this is happening and affecting you and me. And it's affecting the whole world. How many countries are exercising social distancing? How many schools around the world are closing? How many churches have to use this live streaming to have their service? The whole world is. You can hardly find any country that still has school, that still has regular business, uh, restaurants opening, hotels opening up, traveling, and just enjoying their vacation or work, have regular day. You can't find it. It's very difficult to find because the whole world is affected. Something about this global scale happening. There is something. There is a message here. God has been using these small things. Okay, wildfire here, earthquake over here. He's been sending messages all around the world, but we are not paying attention. So God is stepping up his warning system and saying, you know what? Maybe you'll wake up this time. The whole world. Something really small, like, like virus. I mean, it's, it's nothing in God's hand, but this is scaring the whole world. And it's, yes, it is affecting the whole world. So what are we to do? So <clears throat> when we look at this, God is giving the whole world another chance to pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek God. But you know, think about it. We're still blessed. We're still alive. And there is still mercy, there is still grace, there is still forgiveness of sin. There is still an intercessor in heaven, in the most holy place, petitioning for our sins. He's still there. <coughs> We're still thankful for that. But when this time ends, when this time is over, how many of us, <coughs> how many of us will thank God for this wake-up call? <coughs> Excuse me. So we, so we can repent and pray. How many of us will be thankful 
for this time of this wake-up call. And how many of us will regret that despite of the wake-up call that God has given us, that we neglected God's call and, and not forgiven? This, this coronavirus, this may get better in due time, and everything will go back to normal. Restaurants will open, movie theaters will open, and people will start to, to joke and have fun and forget about all this. Will we also forget about what's happening around us? Will we forget about God? Will we just go back to normal life again? You know what? That happened, but that passed. Now everything is okay again. Will we do that? What are we going to do? Will we strengthen our faith even after this ends? During our, <coughs> during our morning prayer group, uh, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's, it's hard to wake up in the morning. 6.15, <laughs> um, I'm not a morning person, so it, it's, it's not that easy. The Sunday night before we first started, so that last Sunday night, I set up my alarm, like I set up like five alarms. <laughs> Like 5.30, 5.45, 5.50. I set up everything. I went to sleep that night. I had a dream. My dream, guess what my dream was? My dream was that I, I slept through my alarm. I didn't wake up. <laughs> and everyone who called in were like, where is the pastor? <laughs> and uh, when I woke up, it was like 5.30, 5.45. I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't sleep through the night. Uh, I didn't sleep through the alarm. But it's not easy. But when I woke up and had the morning prayer devotion, it was such a blessing. It was a great blessing. And um, I'm going to share a couple things uh, from, from the, the quotations that I read. And um, I want to share it on the screen with you. Prayer, uh, page 9. Uh, paragraph 4, it says, When you rise in the morning, kneel at your bedside and ask God to give you strength to fulfill the duties of the day and to meet its temptations. So that's what he said. When you wake up in the morning, when you pray and ask God to give you strength to meet its temptations that day, the promise is that God is going to bless you, surround you with God's power, strength, His Holy Spirit, so that your temptations that you face each day will be weakened. You will have strength to meet your temptations. Next paragraph. When we feel that we need, to uh, we need the presence of Christ at every step, Satan will have little opportunity to intrude his temptations. So, yes, those seemingly plain, seemingly quotations that we have so many times in our lives. When I read those and I prayed, spent time praying over the phone, over the conference call, this week, you know, I'm a pastor, but still have, I have a lot of temptations that, that challenges me. Satan does not leave me alone just because I'm a pastor, you know? <laughs> so he will bring those, his snares, his temptation every single day, every time. But this week, somehow, Somehow the same temptations that Satan was able to get me throughout all my life, whether that would be getting angry or that would be like getting lazy, whatever the temptations that you may have, that I may have, this week, 
I was able to say, when temptations came, I was able to recognize, you know what, Satan is trying to tempt me now. And the temptations were not as strong as before. And now I could pray to God, you know what, God, Satan is working. He's trying to get me. God, please help me. And bam, right away, the temptations were gone. I was able to experience that. Not that I didn't experience that before, but this week was very special. Temptations had no power on me. Praise God. So, the prayer life that, that I was able to experience through this morning prayer, it's been so powerful. And I encourage you, I challenge you. You don't have to wake up at 6.15 to join this group. I'm asking that I want you to experience the same thing in your life. Have a prayer in the morning, whether it would be during, during noon, during the day, at night, whatever that may be. Have a prayer time with God. Ask God to surround you with His power, and He will do so as we have read today. He is going to give you that power. Now, when we think about this, uh, <clears throat> maybe God is giving us another chance through coronavirus to wake up, to humble ourselves, to pray and see God's face, turn from our evil ways so that God can hear our prayers and God can forgive our sins and heal this land. What if this is our last chance? What are you going to do? Yes, he's coming soon, but we need to pray so that God can extend his time so that more people can be saved. More people can have God's seal on their hands and on their forehead. Would you like to turn around and humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways? Would you ask God to hear our prayers and forgive our sins and heal our land? How many of you want to do that? And I pray that God will give us this chance to pray and we will take this chance to turn our ways to God and pray so that when this ends, we can praise God and say, you know what, God, coronavirus was terrible. It affected many people. Many people went through a terrible time and pain, and a lot of people lost their family members. But because of that, I'm saved. I don't want us to, I don't want us to say that, you know what, coronavirus was an alarming call. Yes, I was scared, and I turned back to God. But after that, I lost the sense, and I went back to the normal life. I don't want that to be our story. I pray that we would learn from the mistakes of the history of Israel. Pray that we would go back to God. The Bible says, if my people pray, I will heal the land. May God hear our prayers. May God turn our hearts. May God forgive our sins. May we all be ready for his coming. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for giving us this chance to pray, to turn our hearts, and to seek your face. Lord, we pray that you please forgive our sins. Help us to be ready for your soon coming. 
and help us to pray for our families, for our church, for our country, for this world, so that we can be ready. Satan is getting ready. He's working so hard to deceive one more soul, one more person, trying to tempt and take away the lives of the souls that you have bought with your precious blood. Lord, help us to be awakened from our sleep. Help us to trim our lambs. Help us to prepare the oil. Help us to be ready for your soon coming. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.